I already hate the music, Brian. What are we? We're midway through February. <laughs> I'm like, you're, you, you know what's coming. I'll just, I'll just start putting it in at, so you don't hear it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 9 of Intellicast. And we have new software, and so Brian and I are now looking at each other. I saw when that music was playing. He knew where my head was at, and he was laughing, yeah. knowing that I couldn't handle the music. We're not sure if we're going to put the video up or not. We'll see. If you'd like to give us feedback on what – if you want to see the video of us recording our podcast um, or any um, ideas for a segment or a guest, reach out to us in telecast at emi-rs.com, emi underscore research on Twitter, and telecast1 on Twitter. You can leave us a voicemail or text us 513-401-5463. Brian, how you doing? No, I'm doing good, Brian. Snow is melting. Yeah, um, yeah, 50 degrees here, hopefully soon. Um, that's the ideal weather temperature for me. I can't stand anything below 30, and it's, it's been like that for three weeks. I hate it. Uh, I know. Uh, my kids are disappointed because their snow fort is melting out back. So Yeah, everything's going away, thankfully. This should be a good, quick episode. Not a ton of news, but some stuff to talk about. You want to lead us off with some current events? Yeah, let's kick off it with a couple LinkedIn posts that popped up last week. The first one was from Jamin Brazil about the lack of diversity on Clubhouse, the new social media app. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so Jamin was quoting Jamin was quoting AJ Karens, who was talking about the lack of diversity on the panel on Clubhouse. I'm not sure what Clubhouse is, by the way, which is aging me. Um but apparently people are listening and um, no, go ahead. I'm surprised you don't know what that is. It's kind of, it's kind of taking over for since parlor went away, it's got that authentication piece. You have to go through some hoops. I think you might even have to pay to join, but it's social. It's a social media platform, but it uses audio. That's, that's its twist uh. that it's audio. I don't know. Isn't that just a, to me, isn't that just a phone or a group call? But I, I really don't know, but um, I just thought it was interesting that there's a LinkedIn discussion about it. Um, diversity really seems to be taking a lot of the news these days in marketing research. There's been so many webinars about it, um, new committees formed, lots of discussions, and this adds to it. Um, there's a big discussion about it on LinkedIn on Jamin's page. If I mean everybody, just about everybody's probably connected to Jamin, um, Dave Carruthers and Per Smith and you know AJ Karens and a lot of other people, um, thought leaders in the industry were talking about it. So I thought it was interesting. Yeah, um, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So if people want to go check that out, the other one is a post from Kristen Luck about a recent Guardian article. That included a comment from Dominic, Dominic Cummings, a political strategist and advisor to the uh, prime minister there, Boris Johnson. He said he gave five hundred thousand pounds to a market research con of a market research contract to his friend at Public First because he knew, quote, "I knew they would give us honest information." Unlike many companies in this sector, very few companies in this field are competent. Almost none know. Almost none are very competent, honest, and reliable. What do you think about that? Well, if anybody's going to fight this, Kristen Luck is the person to do it. And it's nice to see her getting out there. And I mean, she talked about, what did she say? My blood is boiling. Um, that's a pretty strong, strong statement there. I completely agree with her. And I do it. One of the things that's been challenging for marketing research 
especially in Europe, is the lack of kind of lobbyists and maybe more importantly, advocacy groups that can kind of defend uh, what we do as an industry. And so that was one of the things that she said, um, ridiculously disgraceful comment. I mean, this is strong language coming from her. Exactly why we need associations like the Market Research Society and SMR, um, I'll throw in Insights Association, um, and there's others out there that should be defending um, our industry against people like that, who's, you know, obviously um, a little ignorant of what we do. And then, I mean, this, you talk about thought leaders, um, the director general of SMR is commenting on it, and a lot of people globally um, were commenting on it. So it, it became quite the interesting discussion. It's, it's worth a read. Yeah, I want to pose a question to you on this. Um, with Kristen posting this and saying they need more lobbying, do you see maybe SMR taking on that role a little bit more if Kristen were to win the presidency of SMR, which she's running for? Yeah, you, you would expect her to win. I'm not sure who would vote against Kristen. The only reason to vote against Kristen is, is she doing way too much, right? She's everywhere. She's on so many advisory boards. She has her own company, um, Scale House, and she's still involved with Wire. I mean, that would be the only reason, I guess, not to vote for her. Um, I would hope that she brings this kind of passion towards defending our industry if she did lead SMR. I'm sure um, – all the other leaders of the MRS and Insights Association, her, I think are pretty close. And so I would love it if she led SMR. Absolutely. And I would hope that she would come strong in defending us. And that's exactly what we should be electing as an SMR president, I think. No, I totally agree with that. I, I figured you would say that. So, yeah. So, you know, I'll probably be voting for Kristen, just about probably my guess is she's going to win about 90 to 10. Um, Early poll for the SMR presidency. Um, you heard it here but, first. <laughs> right. Even though our predictions are often wrong, that's that's one I, I feel pretty good about. Yeah. Uh, you want to move into some other market research news? Yes, please. All right. Our first story, Scent debuted on NASDAQ Stockholm this past week, and their original offer price during that first day they grew 30%. Uh, they were, their original offer price was 7.2 euros, and it grew to 9.2 euros. Yeah, uh, once again, it's another uh, market research company, and this is specifically a sample company, IPOing. I think its valuation right now is over a billion. And so I, I think the below, before that IPO, it was below a billion. So this is kudos, kudos to Scent. Um, they've been around for longer than you think, but they just been kind of like steady in growth and I guess a little bit under the radar. They're not real loud. They just kind of keep, keep building, keep building, keep building. And so we, you know, we're obviously very friendly with Scent. They've been good partners of ours for a long time and um, I'm happy to see them grow. I, I learned what a SEC is. Um, I guess that's the NASDAQ Stockholm currency. I didn't, didn't know that. Um, by the way, the, the valuations, that's a billion euros, so well over a billion in terms of U.S. dollars. Yeah. No, I think this is good as well. Um, it it almost thinks it almost makes me think that maybe marketing research or maybe even that research technology, as Patrick Comer wants to position us as, is almost like a hot area to be in because it's knowing how – it's 
connecting to the other components of a business that's already out there. Absolutely. So yeah, research tech, getting insights and data and combining it all into actionable decision-making at the brand level. Um, that's I think that's what's driving a lot of these IPOs and a lot of high valuations and really valuation of our industry is growing. So awesome. Well, with that in mind, which one do you think would be next or would you like to see kind of take this Scent, Qualtrics route? Oh, gosh. Um, who would be next? Um, I guess there's Lucid um, and Pure Spectrum. I don't know how much cash they need to take on to invest, but you know, I would say that they're probably the bigger competitors of Scent. Um, you know, certain people have been involved in kind of build, building all of those three platforms, and they're certainly more tech oriented in terms of sample. Uh, they're certainly research tech oriented, um, a little bit different than our normal traditional marketing research panel. Gosh, after that, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure who the bigger private market research companies that might think about that. We might have to have a special episode on this one. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe some. I expect something to come out here this year. Do you not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, once people see the money that Qualtrics, SurveyMonkey, Scent, um, and others are worth, people are considering it. Um, because, you know, now's the time to invest in your company. And it's hard to do that if you're a small business owner or um, you've been kind of struggling, which most of us are. It's hard to take on that amount of debt on your own. So getting the IPO is huge. Yeah. Our next story, uh, SurveyMonkey and Salesforce have agreed to a new integration between Salesforce's Commerce Cloud and the Get Feedback customer experience platform from SurveyMonkey. What are your thoughts on that? It, it's We haven't even talked about this one, but I feel like this is probably a little bit of a response to the Qualtrics situation. Uh, obviously, Salesforce and SurveyMonkey both have a lot of cash and um, – this, these are really two big monsters here we're talking about now. If if you can, you know, a little bit of um, SurveyMonkey and Salesforce integration, and you have the Qualtrics and SAP, and I mean, we're talking just, and that's just a lot of money. If there's an arms race going on in the in the CX world, um, I mean, this this is impressive. So I like this. I like to see. I like to see SurveyMonkey with a little response here. Yeah, I. I see it as it's not necessary. It's a little bit on the Qualtrics space because it is just their customer experience platform. So it's really integrated with the Salesforce and getting that feedback into customers. And you're still going to be able to get it all on that single platform right now. So, hey, I want to be able, if I'm looking on that commerce cloud and I want to see, hey, what is customer ABC doing? Did they, and I can get that, see their feedback as well as all of our internal notes on them. I, I like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Uh, in our final story today, it's not really a story, more of a article. Um, Disco recently had one published in, I forget what the, was it street fight, something like that? Street fight mag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, about making the case for why panel data is going to be the post cookie solution. And with that, the po a cookie on a website. So why panel data is that post-cookie solution? They are saying that panels can solve this post-cookie world because consumers on panels are willingly handing over that 
date that cons- their consumer data where cookies are taking it. And that's why a lot are moving away from it. And you're seeing this privacy piece come in like GDPR, where you're having to announce that you're doing cookies and you're being tracked. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll, I'm not sure if I have much thoughts, more thoughts than what you just said. I, I think that this is going to be a big topic coming up with third-party cookies and data and privacy. And I think it's an interesting point of view um, around respondents, especially if they're building a trustworthy relationship with panels. It's certainly an interesting take and I, that I agree with. And um, you'll learn a lot more about this. Who would have thought I mean, that market researchers are going to have to be experts in third-party cookies and what's going to happen post cookie in this privacy age and um you know the federal federal what is this the google federated learning of cohorts i mean there's all kinds of information in here that i don't feel super knowledgeable about but it's something to keep an eye on definitely right it it's going into it's really going to affect your advertisers on there because with that google cohorts they're really going based on interests and things where you've searched not necessarily searched on, but based on your interests of what's attached to your profile that you've agreed to share where now any website I go to say, I'm, Hey, I want to check out the price of it all an all inclusive resort in Cancun and boom. Now I'm getting those ads back on every other site I visit. Well, maybe I don't want that shared and now I'm not going to see those, but maybe I do share, Hey, I'm interested in tropical vacations well, now I'm in that group to advertise, but maybe 95% of them aren't going to be applicable, very interest to me. So I can see we're taking a little step back in terms of targeting because they're not. I'm not going to get to see exactly what they either think I'm interested in or yeah. exactly what I'm interested in. But the trade-off is that I'm gaining some of my privacy back. I yep. think there's going to be different categories of this. I don't think this is going to get solved immediately. I think you're going to have different factions where Disco has made the case for online panels as one faction. You're going to have Google and these cohorts as another. There's probably some, there's probably several other factions we don't even know about yet that are going to come into play. And I don't think you're going to know what the industry standard is going to be probably for years after you move out of this. Well, I'm glad we have you here to help us navigate this because most of us have never thought about this. And this is part of your role is to understand this. And so more to come. We'll be talking about this again, I guarantee you. Yeah, I I mean, even the cookie part comes into play on the panel side where, hey, panels are have if you have your own panel, you're having to look into if you're monitoring by cookies, say, for data quality reasons that, oh, you took the survey, I've cookied you so you can't get back in. You're having to explore now, how do I get around that? How do I change this? Because I know if you're going to be using this, you're not allowed to have cookies anymore, particularly like Chrome. they ha- Google and their browser Chrome have a deadline in place of where they're going cookie-free. Same with, I'm sure, Mozilla, Microsoft Edge, name your browser. They're all at some point going to be no cookie. So for on the research side, particularly on data quality for panels – how am I going to do my data quality to know if you came into a survey? So I, and we've already started to see that as well. Yes. Brian, did you buy any Girl Scout cookies? Speaking of cookies. I did not know. Yeah. Um, I 
bought about 15 boxes. Which, all right, let's do this. Name your top three Girl Scout cookies. No, go ahead. All right. I, my white, I'll give my number three is Samoa's. Oh, gosh. Um, not Samoa's. Oh, is this your Canadian? You're going to go with Samoa's. Oh, see? Is it Tagalongs? Those are the chocolate yes. peanut butter ones, right? Samoa's are my wife's favorite. So I'll put those in there. Um, Tagalongs, the chocolate peanut butter, because anything chocolate peanut butter is awesome. But and for someone who does not like chocolate mint as that combination, Thin Mints, they're my number one. I don't know what it is. That works when any other mint chocolate combination is just an abomination from hell. Oh my gosh, Brian. Um, what are your top three? The correct answer is correct answer is Thin Mints are number one. Tagalogs are number two. Dosey Doe are three. I'll even give you a four with the new s'mores. The new s'mores are pretty good. Ooh, I did not know they had new ones. Yeah, they're really good. Um, I bought way too many boxes, and I bought all these boxes from my neighbors and friends before Amy Car- Carly's daughter, Margot, um, offered them. I, I really feel guilty about not buying them from her, from her because she sent out a couple links, and she's pretty cute. So... Um, next year, I'm only going to buy from um, Margot Carly. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, Amy doesn't listen to this and find out that you already bought a bunch. <laughs> right. She, knowing her, she probably listens and knows the topics better than we do. Yeah. You're probably going to get an email after this goes out. <laughs> right. Right. Within about eight minutes, somehow she'll she'll fast forward right to the to the mention of her name. Yep. Um, anything else we want to talk about? I think – don't you have a few announcements you wanted to do? Oh, yeah, we have our sample landscape report. As you're listening to this, it is out there, and it should be easy to find um, on our website, on our Twitter, on our LinkedIn. Uh, you probably may have been emailed it, so we're pretty proud of that. We talked about it last episode, and um, it is lengthy but worthwhile. If you work in sample, care about sample, care about research, I would certainly recommend downloading it and at a minimum kind of perusing through it. That's number one. Anything that there, Brian? No, um, just that you will also be able to find the link to it in the show notes. Awesome. And then I guess we have a new blog on data quality, bots, and fraud. So that's good. So lots of new content for you. And the only other thing is the virtual quirks is this week. I was going to attend, but I'm just too busy. So I think that as you're listening to this, there'll probably be lots of tweets about uh, what's going on with quirks uh, which is a big one i think it's three days this week right i think it's tuesday wednesday thursday yeah i think so and then you have a lot of the like networking things have gone virtual too like the research club i think is having a virtual event yeah that should be interesting um absolutely so well thanks for listening hope you enjoyed the news hope you enjoyed the girl scout cookie discussion and we will talk to you next time thanks everybody thanks This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.